0: Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. All right, as you are making your way back to your seats and getting situated. Um, we're going to start a brand new series, walking through the Gospel of Mark this morning. How many people have read the Gospel of Mark? Okay. <laughs> Not a lot of... Food. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Mark is one of the least popular of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, it doesn't get as much credit as the other Gospels, uh, but we really should dig into it, and I'm going to show you why. Um, Matthew is the first gospel, but it's also the first book in the New Testament. So when someone says, hey, you should check out and read the New Testament, and you know those Bibles that are just the New Testament, soon as they open the first page, they're at Matthew. So more people are familiar with the book of Matthew. Uh, the book of Luke was also, uh, or the book of Luke was written by Luke, but he also wrote the book of Acts, So a lot of people are familiar with the book of Acts because it has the Acts of the Holy Spirit, Acts of the Apostle, all that stuff. uh, Talks about the growth of the early church. And so people are familiar with Luke. They're also familiar with Acts. Also um, because, and most of us are familiar with this, you know, the Charlie Brown Christmas story. It's in Luke, right? We just spent the whole thing talking about Christmas. So a lot of people are familiar with Luke. Um, And John has like that famous John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish. All of that, and like if you're driving down the highway, I don't know if you guys have seen this, when you drive and you see like on overpasses scripture written, it's usually John 3:16. Someone has spray painted that on there as if graffiti is glorifying the God. But in any case, more people are familiar with these than they are with the book of Mark. So here's the thing, uh, you know, like Matthew 1, Luke and also Acts and the Charlie Brown story, John 3.16. Um, you know the, the, the popular thing that people are like think of when they think of Mark. Anyone know what that is? Anyone want to guess? Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> That's why a lot of people aren't familiar with the book of Mark. But here's the thing: Mark was the first gospel written. Even though when you turn to your Bible, it starts with Matthew. Mark was the first written. It was written 20 to 25 years before any of the other Gospels. By contrast, uh, the Gospel of John was written around 90 AD. So it was like 90 years after the birth of Christ. uh, Some 60 years, almost 60 years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. uh, And some like uh, probably 40-ish years after Mark was written. So if you really want to dig into what was the thing that was communicated to the early church first, it was the book of Mark, right? Now, here's the thing. Uh, Luke, when he wrote his book, a lot of people think he used Mark, the gospel of Mark, as a resource, as some of his research. Because he wrote, this is the way the book of Luke starts out. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us. By those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the Lord. To put this in plain language, he's writing this to a man named Theopolis. And he says, I know that there's been a lot of talk about the things that were passed down to us. And the reason he says passed down to us is because Luke was written probably somewhere around 60 to 70 AD. So it's, it's, it's been a while. It's been like almost a generation or depending on how you define a generation, a generation and then some, but several decades since the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he's writing to say, hey, I know there's a lot of talk about the stuff that people are talking about, but I want to verify some of this stuff for myself. So he, he goes on and he says, with this in mind, I carefully investigated everything From the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So he's writing to his friend. He says, hey, you know what? I'm going to go do the legwork for you. I'm going to go do the research for you. So the things that you've been taught about Christianity, so that you know they're true. And many theologians believe that the first place he started was the gospel of Mark. That was one of the first things that he dug into to research uh, and, and share uh, with Theophilus. So when you get to the Gospel of Mark, right, even though it's the third gospel in your Bible, third book in the New Testament, um, or second in the New Testament, when you get there, it's really the, kind of like the OG of the Gospels. And I realize some of you may not know what OG means. Um, it means original gangster. Probably not a phrase we should use in church, but it's the original gospel, right? It's the first gospel that was written sharing about uh, who Jesus Christ was. So that's one of the reasons we should dig into it. Second reason uh, why we should read it and why you should read it on your own, even if you're not going to read it just because we're reading it, why you should read it on your own. Uh, it was specifically written for everyday people. It has some Jewish stuff in it but it wasn't specifically for the Jewish people. It has some non-religious stuff about everyday stuff, but it wasn't specifically just for the non-religious people uh, or, or the detail people. It has a splattering of everything so that it covered everybody, right? Because Mark wanted to make sure uh, that it was written for like everyday people. So uh, the book of Matthew, predominantly written for the Jewish population. It's for the world, right? But he was really writing to those Jewish people to show them that Jesus was the son of God. Uh, Luke, as we said, wrote specifically for Theophilus. Theophilus uh, was very detail-oriented, so when you get to the book of Luke, and especially in the book of Acts, there's a lot of details and information. Um, John, John wrote his book. He was like, hey, I see Matthew wrote a book. I see Mark wrote a book. I see Luke, who wasn't a disciple, wrote a book. He said, but you guys left out a lot of stuff so when you get to the book of John, you'll read about accounts that aren't captured anywhere else in any of the other Gospels because John specifically wrote his book to say that, hey, there's some stuff that you guys left out. He includes some of the stuff that's in all of them, like, yeah, it's great that you guys included this, but you left out a lot, which is why he ends his book saying, hey, there there is so many other things that Jesus Christ did, miracle-wise, that he said you couldn't write enough books to fill to say everything that Jesus did, how he changed lives, the miracles he did, and the people that followed him. So uh, Mark, he wrote his gospel first. It's really the first gospel. So there's a lot of content that the world at that time was exposed to that they did not hear before. It was written to everyday people, but here's the other good reason to read it. It points the world to Jesus as Savior and King specifically. Specifically, here's what it does. Mark took a phrase that was used every single day, common amongst the people. They heard it over and over again. And he took that phrase and he used it to point people to Jesus as the savior of humanity and king of the world. And it contradicted everything they had heard. And I was going to say, you know, name a phrase that you're familiar with, but I, I have no idea what some of you might throw out, so we want to keep it, you know, clean and whatever, so we, we won't do that, but um, if you're watching online, you can type in a phrase because I won't read that out to people, but uh, uh, here's, here, here's, here's the thing. Normally, when we start a book of the Bible, right, we only get through a couple of verses because I want to give you a lot of background, a lot of information, all that stuff. Um, this morning, we're going to get through one verse, because it's the verse that Mark started with, so if you have a Bible, you can open it up to Mark chapter one. But I'm going to put the verses up here on screen. Uh, it's the verse that Mark started with to kind of just 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 let everyone know. Uh, it's kind of like you've heard that phrase when they come out of the come out of the I don't even know the phrase come out of the box hard or whatever. He just came out swinging with this 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 phrase that that kind of challenged the thinking of everyone who heard it. right. So if you're in Mark, uh, you can follow along, but I'm going to put the verses up here. Uh, This is the way it starts. Mark chapter one, verse one, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God. Now for us, we've heard all of these words all the time. They don't mean a whole lot to us, right? It's not like we're like, oh my gosh, I've never heard that before. Uh, uh, all of these we've heard, but I'm going to put them in the Amplified version because it's going to help expand and help me explain to you uh, how he challenged the thinking of everyone. And Amplified, this is how it reads, the beginning of the facts of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, that word gospel is a word that we've been hearing, you know, we've we've heard that word before, right? The gospel. Uh, All of us are familiar with that phrase, the gospel hopefully all of us are familiar with the phrase, the gospel, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, even though no one raised their hand, I'm going to assume everyone is shaking their head. Yes. Okay. So uh, he says this phrase, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. We're familiar with it because it's it's a phrase that we've heard in Luke. It's a phrase that we've heard in other places. Uh, It's a phrase that we've heard throughout the Bible. This is the first time he wrote it and it wasn't used the way that most people were accustomed to hearing it. Because what, what, what would happen is um, most people were accustomed to hearing it because a king would send a herald. Everyone know what a herald is? Someone who's sent out to say, yeah, let's say it to the king. He would send a herald out. They would show up in each town. They would pull out a scroll and they would say, hear ye, hear ye the gospel of king so-and-so. And then they would share some new rule or news that the king wanted communicated to the people. So prior to this, any time they heard the gospel of, it was related to, like, we just finished through Daniel. So King Nebuchadnezzar would send someone out, hear ye, hear ye, the gospel of King Nebuchadnezzar. Right? Uh, 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 when uh, we just talked about the Christmas story and how um, everyone knows that uh, when Joseph and Mary, uh, because there was a mandate that there would be a, uh, not a tax, but a a survey and everyone had to go to their home uh, where they were from. So they would send someone out and say, hear ye, hear ye the gospel of King Herod, everyone must go to their home and, and say where they're from. All of these things were done by kings Right? But what, what 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 Mark does is he says, hey, hear ye, hear ye, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, by doing that, he was doing a couple of things. First and foremost, Mark was announcing himself as a herald of Jesus Christ. He was announcing himself as someone who was supposed to proclaim the good news or the gospel of of jesus christ and that's what we're all called to do right if you look in the book of peter and we've said this over and over before throughout the years in your hearts reveal christ as lord and here's the key always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do it with gentleness and respect right So we're always supposed to tell people and proclaim the good news. When people say, hey, how come you're not worried about the way the world is going? Then that's when we turn around and we say, hey, hear ye, hear ye, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, you just got, you know, announced with with cancer and, and everything. And how are you still smiling and having a good, hear ye, hear ye, the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Hey, you just lost your job again. You're behind on your mortgage. How is it that you still have hope and you're not like pulling your hair out? Hear ye, hear ye. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, granted, we don't say hear ye, hear ye, but that's where we say, hey, because our hope, right, is in Jesus Christ. And when we share that's where our hope is at, we do it with gentleness and respect, right? So now here's the other thing, and this is important, right? Because most of us have heard that phrase, the Great Commission, Right, it's in the, at the end of Matthew, Matthew 28, where it says, "You know, go out and 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 make disciples of people all over the world and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost." Right, but Matthew was written probably some 20 years after Mark. So the very first great commission that was proclaimed to people was written by Mark, and this is what it is: Mark chapter 16. Um, or oh, before we get there, excuse me. Uh, Jesus appeared, this is what Mark writes, to the disciples, and he reclined at the table and he reproved and reproached them for their unbelief, their lack of faith, right? And their hardness of heart because they refused to believe those who had seen him and looked at him after he had risen from death. So Jesus shows up and he's kind of upset with the disciples because he's like, seriously, people came and told you that I rose from the dead and you didn't believe it. And that makes sense to us, but we forget the fact that for three years, this is what Jesus trained them to do. He's like, I'm going I'm to equip you, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit, and you're going to go out and tell the world about me, but I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again as proof that this is what you're called to do. And then as they were, uh, his last week, he was like, okay guys, we're going to head into Jerusalem, and this is where it's going to take place. I'm going to die, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to rise from the dead, and you guys are going to go out and tell the world about me. And then after he died, he was buried, and people came to the disciples. They're like, hey, we saw the resurrected Jesus. And they were like, no, that didn't happen. They're like, yeah, we saw him, not just one, not just two, multiple people. Hey, we saw the resurrected Jesus. They're like, that didn't happen. So then Jesus shows up, and he rebukes them. He's like, what did you miss for the last three years? This is exactly what I told you was going to happen. And then, then this, then this. After that, he said to them, this is the first great commission that was pulled out. Go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news to every creature of the whole human race. This, this, this is what Jesus said. Go into all the world and tell them, hear ye, hear ye, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, granted, yeah, we should still make disciples. We should still baptize people. But for the first Like 20 years, two and a half decades or so, the only great commission that was given to the Christian world, it wasn't, hey, go out and make disciples. It was go preach the gospel to every person on the planet. That was the great commission. That was the call. It wasn't, hey, get as many people as you can into a building so we can celebrate. It wasn't like, uh, make sure you're baptizing people. It wasn't, make sure you have Bible studies and children's group and all this stuff. The only great commission for the first like two and a half decades, go tell the world about Jesus, right? That was the first great commission. So yeah, Mark announced he was a herald of Jesus. Second thing he did, was he was the first to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. Now, this was a, a, a Jewish thing, and he was writing to a Jewish culture. Uh, he didn't focus a lot of his context on s- just specific Jewish things, but this was huge because when Mark wrote this, there were still a lot of Jewish people waiting for the Messiah. You know, the person we know is Jesus Christ. They were like, he hasn't come yet. So Mark was like, hey, Jesus was the Messiah. Right now, uh, if we read through the gospel of John, we know that Jesus proclaimed this himself uh, because in John uh, here's what he writes. Uh, And you guys may remember it was the story of the woman by the well. uh, And uh, Jesus is talking to this woman and the woman says, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. So she, everyone in that town, lots of Jewish people, lots of Gentile people, they were all waiting for God to bring this person who was going to reveal truth, who was going to lead people in righteousness. And Jesus says to the woman, I, the one speaking to you, that's me. Mark says to the world, Jesus Christ, that's him. That's the Messiah. And in, in the book of Hebrews, it says this. It says, but about the Son, and this is crucial, right? Because this is speaking about the Messiah. And this is how he also proclaims not just the Messiah, but he's the Son of God, which means he's God. He says, this is what it says in the book of Hebrews. About the Son, Jesus Christ, he, God, says this. Your throne, O God. In other words, God, the Father, says your throne, O God, the Son, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, I, as God the Father, your God, the God of God the Son, has set you, God the Son, above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Right? So this proclamation he was making uh, was great because he was proclaiming Jesus as God, but also, to all the non-religious folks, all the strictly political folks, who were like, some people were for Rome, some people was against Rome, some people wanted Jesus to have his own kingdom. Uh, He was the first to proclaim that Jesus was king. Not just a good teacher, uh, not just a good Samaritan, not just um, um, some person who did good things. He proclaimed Jesus as king because this practice of coming out and saying, this practice of saying, coming out and saying, you know, hear ye, hear ye, the good news of this person or the gospel of this person was only done by someone for a king. So what Mark was doing, Mark was the someone herald who was doing it for a king. The only time anyone came out and said, hey, hear ye, hear ye, the gospel of anything it was saying it for a king. By using this phrase, he was coming out and saying, hey, Jesus is king. It's the equivalent of, and I know this is, will work with me, here. it's the equivalent of um, if I don't tell people I'm a policeman, I'm not, but if I go out and show them a badge, what are they going to think? Oh, are you a cop? Because right? a badge is associated with police. So anytime you go out and say, hey, hear the gospel of this person, even though you put a name there, what the people hear is, hear the gospel of the king. And what Mark did is he came out and he said, hear ye, hear ye. This is the announcement I feel like I should do this in a British voice because that's the way I hear it in my head and all the shows, but I won't. He says, hear ye, hear ye. This is the announcement and proclamation to be made to all of the world. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the promised savior of all Israel and all humanity, the son of the living God, is king of heaven and earth. And then, because that's what they do, you know, let it be written, let it be known, they add that kind of thing there. But this is the proclamation that he makes to the people. And it gets even better than that because uh, uh, before, we, before we close in prayer, it's even better than that because of this. And this is the most powerful part. He starts out by saying the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. He declares, I'm a herald of Jesus Christ. He declares that Jesus Christ is King. He declares that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and God. He declares that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, but he also makes this statement, and this is probably the most powerful and greatest part. He says, the next 16 chapters, we know there's 16 chapters. They wouldn't have known it until they read it. The next 16 chapters is just the beginning of the gospel. It's not It's in its its entirety. It's just the beginning of the hope that we can have in Jesus Christ. It's just the beginning of the healing that is available through Jesus Christ. It's just the beginning of the marriages that can be restored, of the homes that can be brought together, of the good news that is available to anyone who wants to accept it. He says, this that I'm about to share, and then he shares 16 chapters worth of stuff, is just the beginning. So I'm going to ask you guys to bow your heads. God, we know in our circles of influence that there are people that are seeking to know God. We know there are people that are seeking hope. We know there are people that are seeking healing, physical healing, emotional healing, mental instability that they're dealing with. We know there are people that are seeking to know that God is real. And we pray that we can be a part of proclaiming the beginning of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he can provide that hope, that he can provide that healing, that he can provide that restoration for marriages and for families and relationships, that he can provide that peace and that joy that so many in our circles of influence are seeking. And that people don't have to do anything other than put their faith and their trust in him. And we pray that they do that. And we pray that we're able to be a part of making that happen so that they might come to know you. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Amen.